I took a test, a lateral flow, and it was positive. And then I did a, uh, uh, I took my temperature. It was slightly raised. It was a temperature of 100. And then, but I thought, you know what? I'm fine. I'll be all right. Went to bed, woke up the next day. I was not fucking fine, mate. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Trigonometry. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. It's been a while since we recorded one of these and we are going to get into the reason why that was, which is, of course, that we just both had COVID, didn't we, Francis? We did. It was exciting times. Um, Not really. No, it wasn't actually. It wasn't great times. <laughs> but let's start with how we, we got it, we think. Yeah, we did. We attended that sex party. Yeah, which was great, but uh, that's nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, we did our brilliant live live show, the last live show of 2021 with Aisha Canby, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It was really great. Uh, and then we hugged and kissed and fucking w w took pictures. Consensually. With Consensually. Yeah. Thanks for, mate, you specifying <laughs> that makes that even worse. <laughs> mate, we're, we're, we're comedians. We, we took, need to specify We that. took pictures. We're not left-wing comedians, <laughs> yeah, so it's true. different. But we, we took pictures with about yeah. 200 people, yeah. uh, probably more than that. Uh, then we hung around for a bit, mm -hmm. uh, etc. And then we came back to the studio and yeah. we had a few friends around, literally maybe five or six other people, and had a bit of a party to celebrate our last live show of the year, which is where I think we got COVID. Indeed. So what happened, and I'll do my timeline and then you do yours. So I was, I remember in the evening feeling a little bit, starting to feel a bit ropey, but all right. Woke up the next day, felt okay, did, went to a few places, did a few things. And by the evening, I was starting to feel really rough, really bad. So what did you do? You went to see a comedy show. Yeah, I did, and spread it to everybody. No, I was, I, I didn't re, I didn't think. I just thought at the time that I just felt a little bit under the weather and a little bit tired. And, and then, I, look, to be fair, we haven't had a holiday for ages. Yeah. We've been flat out. We worked hard all year. Yeah. It would not be unusual for you to be a bit run down. Yeah. So I, that's all I felt. I felt a bit run down. And then I went to see the comedy show. Came back, made me feel worse, which is what comedy does to me now. And then. I went back to my girlfriend's house and then I took, I took a test, a lateral flow, and it was positive. And then I, did a, uh, uh, I took my temperature, it was slightly raised, it was a temperature of 100. And then, but I thought, you know what, I'm fine, I'll be all right. Went to bed, woke up the next day, I was not fucking fine, mate. I was absolutely done in. Temperature of 104 degrees, the bed was covered in sweat, not in a good way. And I remember, like, you see... I, what's, what's bed covered in sweat in a good way? You know, when you... Mate, <laughs> I, I'm physically fit. I don't sweat that much even when I'm having a good well, time. Well, I'm not. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and then I remember, like, we were messaging on, on, our, on our group, on the WhatsApp, yeah. and you saying, right, well, we've got to have a contingency plan, obviously. So can, we're going to have a meeting. Can you join the meeting? And I felt terrible because... No, I didn't say can you. I said, like, are you up for yeah, yeah. something like that? Yeah, 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 I wasn't oh, trying to force you to join it. No, I was no. just one. No, 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 absolutely you were. And, um, and I felt terrible because I was just in no way able to join in any type of meeting. Yeah, yeah. And what I didn't expect from COVID is for it to knock me as it did. And I was completely out of action for a week. Done. Well, we should say we're recording this on the 2nd of January, 
we caught COVID on the 11th of December. So it's now been over three weeks. And I would say we're very close to being fully recovered now. But even so, I haven't done any vigorous exercise yet. Um, I still have a bit of a lingering cough, even though I'm not infectious and negative for blah, blah, blah. So it took us over three weeks to recover. And we'll, we'll maybe talk once once you've given the timeline about what it was like as well yeah so the first second day i was really ill really 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 sick um and i i just i couldn't i i just couldn't move i couldn't move the only thing i could do was go to lou come back drink water i didn't have anything to eat nothing wednesday again pretty much the same and then i came back here and from then on in it was a gradual process of getting better, but it took a long time. And one thing that I was quite shocked about is that I didn't have a desire to eat for about two weeks. No, Just that to- is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I bought a, a lovely dishoom for me and Anton. Anton very much enjoyed it. I picked out the prawns out of my prawn curry, and that was it. And what were some of your your symptoms? I mean, what we I mean, here we go. So we had a temperature of 104. My digestive system was completely done in. I think that's as far as we need to take that. I was, I had a, a really bad cough that at one point I was coughing up blood and I called up 111 and they assuaged my fears by going, just so you know, Mr. Foster, uh, one of the very rare symptoms of COVID is blood clots on the lungs. So you coughing up blood might be a sign that you've got a blood clot on the lung. So you're going to have to go to A&E. And I, I actually do think that's unlikely because a blood clot would be in a, a blood vessel. Yeah. So I'm not sure that that makes sense. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I'm not a medical yeah. expert. But, but it's, I mean, coughing up blood is not a good thing to have. No, it's not even the fact that you do it. It's just that you look down at the seat. You go, yeah, I am not in good shape. Yeah. And then I said to Anton, I said, we're going to have to go to A&E. Anton went, no problem. I'll get a zip car. Turns up outside the flat. It's a van. So literally, Mate, if it was me, I'd put you in the fucking boot. <laughs> so literally, he was in the front and I was in the back of the van getting knocked about like that. Well, that's how it should have been. We needed to keep Anton away from it. By the way, Anton was at the same party. Didn't catch COVID. No, that's it, mate. Scouse genes, they're strong. Greek genes, maybe. Yeah, Greek scouse. Well, anyway, so you had to go to hospital. Yeah. Uh, they gave you some antibiotics for what? This was the thing, right? I turned up at a hospital, right? And then they were like, okay, I said I'm COVID positive. I was wearing... I was wearing a proper mask, you know, that I, my friend had given me. Leather one. Yeah, exactly. And then we went to another, to, they went, right, you need to go to this particular part of the hospital. So we went there, I registered, so, and I went, oh, where am I going to wait? They went outside. So like for 40 minutes, I was outside in a bleakly cold December, just waiting to get seen by the doctor, mm. who, when I went to see him, and he went to examine, he, examine me, was fucking furious. Why? Because I had COVID. Uh, okay. He, w- he wasn't impressed. So if you had AIDS, you'd be fine? Yeah, I okay. think so. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Because it's not an airborne virus, mate. Okay, what if you had Ebola? I mean, I think that the protocol would have been slow. I mean, in fairness, he's a doctor. <laughs> he signed up to treat people who have disease. What, yeah. what Do you think he's going to get a bunch of fucking <laughs> catwalk models turn up in bikinis perfectly healthy just yeah. to entertain them? Is that? It was the most perfunctory lung exam where he just went... Breathe, breathe, breathe. You've got no, you've got no blood clots. Here's some antibiotics. Get out. Because he said you had a chest infection. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, you came back and you gradually kept recovering. Yeah, basically. And, I, and I gradually kept recovering. 
And I remember once saying to Anton, Anton, do I look better? And he just looked at me and went, no. But yeah, but gradually, and then until we are where we are. So, so those were some of the symptoms. And I think we should also talk a lot, and I'll talk about this when I'm talking about me, the fact that COVID, and actually Dr. John Wyatt, yeah. who we had on the show, he said this at the time, and I didn't really pay much attention to yeah. it, but he did say that any disease of that nature that causes you to lose your sense of smell or taste means it's affecting your mind. Well, not your mind, your brain, right. and therefore your mind to some extent. Everybody knows that one of the symptoms about COVID is that it, you lose your sense of smell and taste. That is proof that can only happen when the virus has actually gone into your central nervous system. So it is there, it has invaded the central nervous system. What is it doing there? Nobody knows. Is it possible that it's actually going to have an impact which comes apparent 10, 20 years down? There are other examples of infections, of, of virus infections, which only showed neurological symptoms 20 years later, uh, 30, 40 years later. Is it possible we're going to have an epidemic of some weird neurological conditions, even dementia or motor neurone disease or multiple sclerosis, which was actually triggered by minor infections, which people didn't even notice? So I think you were very anxious yeah. uh, as well, which to be fair, you, you're naturally, yeah. you lean that way. Yeah. It's not a thing that I have. I, I'm more sort of irritable and impatient, uh, which amplified massively for me. Uh, but for you, anxiety was a thing that oh, you experienced. Oh, I had a panic so attack. Uh, there was one particular day where like, uh, I was just, I remember just going into the, just going into my bathroom and just feeling a cold sweat come over me. Just a cold sweat. There's a lot about sweating in this episode, guys. <laughs> no, but but the reason I bring it up is yeah. I think people might, well, you know, people have panic attacks yeah. irrespective of yeah. COVID or whatever. But I think in my experience and having observed other people around yeah. me and you and others in terms of how COVID affects people mentally yeah. is it seems to amplify, at least for some people, yeah. their pre-existing yeah. issues. What I'm trying to get at is you would not have had a panic attack if this had been a cold, no. probably. So it wasn't like you were scared about COVID because you'd read something in the newspaper. It was more like physically it was making you anxious It was by making, fucking with your brain. It was making me anxious by fucking with brain. And this is the thing that people don't talk enough about. It's the isolationary aspect of it. That really gets you, that does you in. Yeah. After about six or seven days and you're starting to feel better, but you can't see anyone, you can't talk to anyone, you can't socialise, it's really tough. Really, really, really tough. Well, I, I, and th th this is another thing. So I caught, uh, I caught it probably at the same time as you, and I did the lateral flow when you did yours, mm. but I had no symptoms at this mm. point, and mine was negative. And I was like, okay, so I probably would have been around the virus, blah, blah, blah. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do all the right things. I'm gonna, you know, drink my uh, tea with lemon and honey and, and, and go to bed early and get some rest and drink plenty of fluids. And I went to bed and I wake up the next day and I felt absolutely fine. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool. I've beaten this COVID that I may or may not have had. Uh, great, time to, you know, get, because I'm an active person, I like to do things. So I went out and I did lots of stuff. I did some shopping for, for Christmas. I went and got a Christmas tree. I did a bunch of different things. Um, and that was not a good idea because <laughs> by the evening I had a fever. Yeah. And at this point, I think it, it was sort of like I'd, I'd defeated it initially. 
Mm. But then I did too much stuff because I did have the sense that I should just rest. Mm. Uh, and then by the evening, I had a bit of a fever. And instead of like taking more fluids and going to bed, I was just like, oh, you know, I've got stuff to do. So I did some work stuff. I stayed up until like two in the morning doing things, etc., which I sometimes do. And then I woke up the next day and I was properly ill as well. And I didn't have a fever quite as high as yours, but basically for the next three days, I had a fever and the only thing that I could do is be in bed and drink flu flu liquids and, and that was it. And after three days, I started feeling better. I still had a bit of a fever, but, but I was much better. I was able to get up and walk around. <coughs> so idiot that I am, I started doing stuff again. I started, you know, getting up, playing games. I wasn't doing that much work, but I was doing a little bit. And that was a big mistake because uh, trying to work through having this disease really didn't go well for me. And I know anecdotally of many other people who did the same. There are MMA fighters who are super fit, but because they tried to fight through it instead of getting rest, they had it much worse. And that's what happened to me. So I had it quite badly, but not particularly badly for a few days. Then I started to recover and I started doing stuff. And then after about two or three days of, oh, I, I can just carry on with my life, I then felt really bad again. And I started to notice a lot of physical and mental symptoms that I was just observing that were quite weird. So I'm normally someone who likes the, the space to be quite warm. Like we joke about it yeah. in the studio. I'm always hanging out by the radiator. I actually couldn't really feel cold that much at all in, in a way that was not normal for me. But... I physically could not stand to be in any space where there was a draft. Really? So obviously I was trying to keep the space ventilated and whatever, but the moment my wife opened the window somewhere in the flat, I would literally feel like I'm about to die. Just a horrible physical feeling. Another thing, obviously my wife being pregnant, I, I said to her from day one, you've got to stay away from me. I know you're, you, you'll be bringing me stuff and you're worried about me or whatever, but you've got to stay away from me. Um, and... Because of that, that isolation aspect that you talk about, I remember one time she could see that I was really not having a good time and she just like came and sort of through a, a semi-closed door, like touched me on the back. And I nearly burst out crying, which is very unusual for me uh, because of that lack of physical contact. But I don't think it's just the lack of physical contact. I think mentally there's something about this disease that makes you feel very alone. And I don't know what it is. It could be that, you know, we've, we've whipped up a frenzy around how you mustn't be around people and whatever. Uh, or it could be just that that's what it does. Are you tired of using bulky old wallets, giving you a bulge where you don't want it to be? My old wallet was massive, so it brought all the ladies to the yard, which was a huge distraction and got in the way of my esteemed work on trigonometry. Ridge wallets have an incredible solution for you. This is mine, sleek, stylish, and with an industrial look to it. It can fit 12 cards with cash on the back using a clip like this one or a strap. We've got one for the whole team. I've got one, Francis has one, even our producer Anton has one, but he's from Liverpool, so he flogged his on the black market. The great thing about Ridge is that they give you a lifetime guarantee, which means if you want, you can have only one wallet for the rest of your life. Ridge are so confident in the quality of their product, they will give you 45 days to test drive their wallets. 
That means you can get the wallet, use it, and if you don't like it, you can return it within 45 days. Because Ridge is such great guys, they're gonna give you 10% off and free worldwide shipping and returns. To take advantage of this incredible offer, go to ridge.com forward slash trigger. That's ridge.com forward slash trigger and use our special code, which is of course, trigger. But mentally as well, <coughs> talk, see, I've still got a little bit of a lingering cough. I noticed that I've done a lot of personal development stuff. I've really learned to understand my own mind inside out. And one of the things that people always teach you about how to manage your own mental well-being is that you've got to learn to understand that your mind is not you. Mm. So when you experience an emotion, you, you've got to realize that there is someone else that's observing that experience happening. And so when I see myself reacting in ways that are unnatural, mm. I don't go, this is me, I am scared. I go, oh, that's interesting. I'm, mm. I'm, there's the feeling of fear uh, or the feeling of whatever. And I, I started to notice that um, my emotions were very different to my normal self. So in addition to amplifying my irritability and the fact that I can get angry about mm. stuff that's not worth getting angry about and stuff like that, <coughs> I also noticed that I felt very emotional. You know, <laughs> I was drawn to watching movies that were very sad, yeah. like all of that stuff, which is very unusual for me. I'm, I normally really don't care about it. So mentally it was having an effect as well. I find that very interesting that you said that, that it exacerbates the parts of your, you know, the, part, the parts of your mental condition, which are not as strong. <coughs> I know people who have depression, COVID exacerbated yeah. their depression. With me, it's anxiety. It absolutely exacerbated it. Yeah. And, and, and like we said before, the fact that you are on your own all the time, I've got no problem with being on my own. You know, a day on my own, great. You get to do stuff, you get to whatever, you get to sort your life out. But 10 days on your own, after about the fifth or sixth day, it starts to become wearing. Well, if you think about it, I mean, pe putting people in isolation is a form of torture. Yeah. Well, well known and well practiced. Yeah. But, but like I say, I don't think it's just that. Yeah. If you were healthy, you could manage five or six yeah. days on your own. Yeah. No and it'd problem. be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, you'd be able to go out and do stuff. Yeah. Uh, and also, the other mental th uh, thing that I noticed is once uh, I'd got to a point where I, I want. So I tested negative initially, then the next day yeah. when I'd had symptoms, I tested positive. And then I did a PCR test mm. that I ordered that didn't arrive for about three or four days. God bless the government. And then I didn't really want to go out for a few days because I wasn't feeling well. But eventually, probably about eight or nine days after I first caught <coughs> the disease and got the symptoms, I went out because you're allowed to go mm. to the post office yep. to post it. And I remember walking out and I was looking at people, and, and you had the exact same experience the first time you went out, and I nearly burst into tears because I was like, oh, there's a, there's a world of healthy <laughs> people. That's how it felt. Yeah. I remember just walking along the river near our flat and just looking out across the river and j just being awestruck because all I had known is the confines of the flat. And bless Anton who looked after me and, you know, and, and got me food and all the rest of it. But I, I remember him saying to me, you can be in the flat, it's okay. We, you can just sit at one end, just yeah. open the window, yeah. and then you can sit. And the ability just to be able to sit, and if, even if he was working on an episode or doing something, 
but knowing there was another human being in the room, it, I mean, it made it so much more bearable. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the other thing about it I find very odd, for me, it's extremely unusual, is we had uh, some of our staff getting in touch, asking questions, yeah. what do we do about this, what do we do about yeah. that? And I literally... For me, this is unheard of because I think it's fair to say that I'm sort of like the big picture part of trigonometry. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I manage all of that. Yeah. And I love doing it. I love working with our team. I love going, we need to do this, we need to do that, let's let's work it out. And people were contacting me and I literally had to just say, guys, I'm ill, I can't do, like, you're just going to have to wait or, or resolve this yourself. That to me was shocking because that's not how I am. Yeah. I'm never like that. Yeah. But, but that's how it was. Now, I should say, what before we go on as well, like, I know what we're describing sounds bad, and, and that's because it was very unpleasant. I have, to this day, I used to say this before we caught COVID a second time, I'll say it again, I have had flu worse than this. Yeah. I have. But, but my point is, the, one of the realizations for me was that when people talk about even Omicron, which I still suspect is the, the variant that we had, being mild... <laughs> what they mean is you didn't have to go to hospital yeah. and stay in hospital. Mm. It does not necessarily mean you're going to have an easy time mm. of it. Now, I never thought it was, you know, going to kill us or anything like that, but it was unpleasant for sure. It was very, very, very unpleasant. And I, I think the people who have just said, you know, we hear this word mild and we inevitably think, oh, headache and a runny nose. <laughs> yeah. But medically mild, essentially, it's like you said, mm. you don't end up in hospital. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's not desperately unpleasant. And also as well, we trivialise flu. We go, it's a bit of flu. Flu. I've had mates who've been hospitalised for fl yeah. with flu who are actually very fit, healthy people. And then caught COVID the next year and didn't have a problem. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, we're fine. We're, you know, they still rough, but they were fine with it. Yeah. So I think that we trivialise both flu and COVID. Brett, once I made this very point, yeah. if you remember. Yeah. We trivialise both of these illnesses and go, oh, it's flu, it's what... No, they're both, you know, quite I think serious I, if you don't treat them well yeah. or you're you're vulnerable in some way to them. Yes, I agree. However, the reason I think we do that is we accept that it's part of life. Yeah. We accept that you are, throughout the course of your life, going to get flu probably 10, 15, 20, 30 times. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about the, the conclusions that we draw from it. But one of them for me, particularly seeing how infectious Omicron has been, because when we had it, like everyone had it. Like yeah. everyone I knew had it. Like probably 30 or 40 people that I personally know, including former guests and people, friends and whatever, all had it. Yeah. So one of the conclusions for me is, look, the reality is everyone's going to... There is a pandemic of a highly contagious disease. Airborne disease. Airborne disease. Everyone's going to get it. Yeah. So you... The, the one of the conclusions I think we all reached here is we got to make sure that our physical and mental health mm -hmm. is absolutely at its peak, and we got to protect ourselves in that way because I don't think no amount of you know being careful, wearing a mask that most of which don't even work, it's so <laughs> social, whatever. Like you're going to live your life, yeah, and you're probably going to catch it. Exactly. And this idea of zero COVID, for me, it's, it's ridiculous yeah. because you're trying to deny a biological fact. <laughs> you can't stop the spread of an airborne virus. You, the, you, you might remember at the start of this whole thing, yeah. the whole purpose of lockdown wasn't to stop it. 
It was to slow the spread because everybody knows you can't stop it. Well, right. The idea was you want to spread out yeah. the disease over time, but the same number of people are still going to catch it. And that to me is probably what is happening and will happen. Yeah. And this idea that, you know, we're going to have, you know, not that we adopt this policy, adopted this policy in this country, but the idea, like and we've seen it in New Zealand or Australia, zero COVID, I'm sorry, it's for the birds. It's it's just not going to happen. It's 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 an impossibility. Yeah. Especially in this globalised world of us. What, you think you're going to stop an airborne virus from coming in? Yeah, and look at the, I mean, we'll talk about the restrictions, but look at what's happening in Europe right now. They've yeah. got vaccine passports, restrictions, stay at home, vaccinated, fucking going in, what, you know, I nearly said going in the camps, but pretty much, <laughs> yeah. right? They've got more cases and more disease and more deaths than we do in this country, you know? Yeah. So- you Just look at Wales. They're yeah. locking everything down and they had vax passports. Yeah, yeah. So in many ways, I'm sure people will want to know our opinion. My opinion about all of the authoritarianism that COVID has engendered hasn't changed one bit. If anything, like I say, I think everyone's going to get it. So the, 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 the priority for me is to protect yourself by being in peak physical condition, peak mental condition. For a lot of people, that will also mean being vaccinated because there are people who are so vulnerable uh, to this disease that that was a thing for them. And look, I, I've always been uh, very much sort of like natural immunity, but this has shown me you can catch COVID twice, uh, particularly after you've... You had it a long time ago. We had it first time in February 2020. <coughs> so to me, I think, um, the, I, I think I would definitely admit that I was very cavalier about the idea of natural immunity. If you're going to rely on that, which from now on, well, that's obviously a factor, mm. right? You have to measure your antibody levels yeah. regularly, which I think Joe Rogan does, for example, yeah. right? He's not just like, well, I had COVID, that's it. He's measuring his antibodies and his team's antibodies. And that's what you've got to do. You can't just be like, well, I had COVID three years ago. No. I'm going to be fine because these variants also evade the immunity, right? <coughs> the other thing I learned as well is in order to get a very good uh, natural immunity, you have to have had it badly. And you sort of did have it quite badly yeah. the first time. But I had it very mildly the first time. So you probably had better natural immunity and it still didn't help. It still didn't help because after, I think natural immunity on average lasts around six months. Yeah. So by the time, you know, the new variant's coming around. <laughs> until there's a new variant. Yeah, or until there's a new variant and there's nothing you can do. But for me, when it comes to vaccinations, I have made a decision that I'm going to get vaccinated. Probably in around three months when my natural immunity starts to fade and like I said I will be doing the, you know the antibody test that's something I need to get on top of but I will be getting vaccinated because for a couple of reasons number one I can't be getting ill like that again I can't it's you know because not only does it have an impact on you it has an impact on everyone around you the fa the fact that I can't I couldn't work you know it's 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 not fine obviously but if you're employed <laughs> There's it's less, easier. It's easier. Yeah. There, you, there's less of a burden, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, yeah. I, we're running a business. I can't be on my ass like I was for yeah, 10 well, days. Well, yeah, we were off work for three weeks. It yeah. wasn't 10 days, it was three, three weeks. weeks yeah. We didn't work for three yeah. weeks and that was obviously bad. However, I would say to you, and look, I, I, I am going to keep this whole thing under review. We, we know, I, I mean, Anton made this point the other day. We know a lot of people who were vaccinated, yeah. even triple vaccinated, younger than us, probably healthier than yeah. us, or maybe, you know, whatever, who had it, who had it, and they had it just as bad. Mm. But statistically speaking, 
the, the statistics say, you're less likely to have a serious illness. And I did see a lot of people who were vaccinated around me have a much less serious illness yeah. uh, as well. So if you, I think you, statistically speaking, that's fine. I don't think I'm going to get vaccinated at this. I certainly haven't made that decision. Um, for me, I'm going to monitor my antibody levels and I'm also going to keep an eye on whatever else is going on. The reason that I am thinking about getting vaccinated is your natural immunity can't be boosted. So when it wanes, the only way you can boost it is by getting COVID again. Whereas at least with vaccines, it seems like if you, you could have the natural immunity in, in a few months, you get vaccinated, let you just take one dose, that boosts it and then you can boost it again whenever you need. Yeah. Um, and also they're putting out vaccines now that are using more conventional technology uh, as opposed to the mRNA one. So that, you know, that would be the thing that I'd be interested in doing because I am concerned and I think it's, it's, it's objectively true that we're not quite being told the truth about how safe the, the mRNA vaccines are. Uh, I'm not saying I know how safe they are. I'm just saying we're not quite being told the truth. You know, the, the myocarditis thing is not being properly discussed. And that's a concern. And also, I, you know, I got a message the other day on Twitter from somebody who said, oh, I'm, I hope you're recovering. I'm sorry I had COVID, but please consider I'm a scientist. I got vaccinated and now I have a seizure, a mini seizure every three minutes. Like that, every three minutes, right? So to me, which of those two would I rather have? COVID again, the way that I had it? Or have that. That's my concern. Yeah. Now, statistically speaking, far less likely, but I'd much rather a higher risk of getting COVID badly the way I had it before than a much lower risk of something completely terrible. Yeah. There are people who've had legs amputated because of things that, that the vaccine has done to them. It's been reported in the news. So that's my concern. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to see what the other vaccines are what the safety profile for them looks like. And I'm going to monitor my antibody levels. Yeah. Well, I'm probably going to get the Chinese one because that's the most... Well, actually, the Chinese one is the one that uses the most conventional technology. Yeah. It just uses a weakened version of the virus. Noodle jab. It's great, man. The wang jab. <laughs> yeah, the wang jab. <laughs> the wang jab. And I think Sputnik might as well. I'm yeah. not sure. But the, like I said, the reason that, you know, that I'm going to do it is purely for myself because it, it's just not practical to be out of action for that long it just isn't well what i'm saying to you is yeah. you could still be out of action for that long yeah and also unfortunately getting vaccinated involves a tiny 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 but nonetheless risk of actual serious adverse effects yeah so that's what i'm weighing up yeah and everybody like we always say on the show everybody's going to make your got to make their own decision about it of course of course huh. but um, and you know and we've touched we've touched on it and we're going to touch on it again the authoritarian stuff. Yeah. I will never be on board with that. It's, it's always, always should be your body, your choice. You analyze the risks, you read up, and then you make a decision. And then after that, it's up to you. Well, see, this is the other thing that I, I would confess to realizing is I do think that all of us now operate within a bit of a bubble. So, yeah. for example, when I was reading previously to catching COVID again about natural immunity, <coughs> there are a lot of studies that show natural immunity is better. 32 times is the one I read. I mean, I don't know that it's 32 times, 
But there's also some studies that don't show that. And they're not all quite as good as the ones that blah, blah, blah. But basically, the comprehensive analysis is that the, the vaccine is, my understanding, Chris Takis wrote about this recently, the vaccine is much better at preventing serious illness, mm. but they both are similarly effective at preventing you from catching COVID. So if you have natural immunity, uh, you're between 80 to 95% protected. And it's a similar with the vaccine. But, the, but apparently, according to this, uh, you're less likely to have a serious illness. Now, I wasn't quite aware of that because I was like, well, the studies that show natural immunity is better, so I'm fine, right? Well, not quite, right? There are people who claimed, and you know, the, the us getting ill coincided with Peter McCullough going on Joe Rogan's show. You can't get it twice. We've never had a single But I have case. a friend that got it twice. What you have is you have a friend who thinks he had it twice. What happened is on one or more occasions, it's a false positive test or he actually had the dead virus that he's carrying forward. Somebody in my, somebody in my family circles had COVID-19, for sure had it, got sick. That person tested positive intermittently 17 times. Yeah, but this wasn't just a test positive. He got sick, he recovered, and then about seven, eight months later, he got sick again tested positive again and had a much milder case of it, but still got COVID twice. Yeah, it wasn't a second case. This is what's happened. For sure? Yeah. There's about 100 purported cases like this in the literature. I've looked at them all. Uh, and so when I said, well, we've caught COVID for a second time, uh, loads of people, no, it's impossible. This guy on the podcast said it. And I was like, well, I have COVID for a second time, right? Francis has COVID for a second time. We know we had COVID the first time because we caught it off a guy who had just come back from China in February 2020. <laughs> and then when he went to America and got tested and he was COVID positive, right? So <clears throat> we know we had it twice. But because we all live in this bubble where we, we want to believe certain things more than others, th I think most of us now, we don't really follow the evidence enough and we follow our own biases too much. And I, and I did start to see that in how people were responding, even people who know and trust me. And I was like, guys, I do have it for a second time. You, like, if you've trusted me for the last three years, yeah. you can kind of know I'm not making it up. But a lot of people were, you know, they don't want it to be true. And I get it because <coughs> here's the truth, Francis. We're all very fucking tired of, of this shit. Yeah. We're all are. We want it to end, everyone. Whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated or whatever, we all want the shit to end. And that's why people attach their emotion of, I just want it to stop, to various things. So people who are pro-vaccine attach their desire for things to stop to the fact that not enough people are vaccinated, even though in this country it's like 92% of adults over 18 are vaccinated. <coughs> but they believe that, some people believe, that the reason COVID goes on is there are too many unvaccinated people, which is bullshit. Complete bullshit. And there are also people who are leaning towards vaccine hesitancy or being anti-vax. So like, they don't want to believe anything about it. They don't even want to believe it exists because they just want this shit to end. And I understand that. I do. Yeah. And, and that's, it's such a good point because it's, we're all tired of this. And I use the word tired in its most accurate sense. We're just tired. It's been two fucking years. Yeah of constantly thinking about this, of it dominating the news, 
of it disrupting our lives, of us not being able to plan, of us feeling, you know, that the world is changing. And we, we, we're looking at a world that is unrecognizable to the one yeah. that we used to know yeah. two short years ago. And so you look for anything to confirm your bias. Yeah. But the reality is, is I remember I was talking to a friend about this at the very start of the pandemic, and he made this point, and it's such a good point. He went, just as we live in a post-AIDS world, we're going to live in a post-COVID world. And unfortunately, we're going to have to accept that. There's always going to be a new variant. There's always going to be, you, you know, people getting sick. There's... It's something that the NHS is going to have to cope with. I don't know how it's going to cope with it, but it's going to have to. We're now living in a post-COVID world. And the, the sooner we come to accept I that... I don't know about that. I don't know that we live in a post-COVID world. I think we're still in the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the crutches of Yeah, it. yeah, okay. But eventually, we're going to have to accept that this is part of our world. Yeah. And we need to. The reason I say we're not in the post-COVID world, yeah. Francis, is I've been talking to a lot of scientists because I've had the time. Yeah. This is the other thing I realized is no one has time to research things properly. I certainly didn't. So we go with headlines or newspaper articles when you actually, you have to do research, you have to look at studies, you have to talk to people who understand what's going on. So I've been talking to scientists and one of the things that people have said to me, uh, there's a Russian-Canadian scientist called Yuri Dagan, who was the, one of the originators of the lab leak hypothesis, the idea that the OG COVID, the original COVID, came from a lab in Wuhan. Well, Was that his rap name, the OG COVID? The OG COVID, <laughs> the gangster. <laughs> but um, he says, I'm not saying it's true, I'm not saying I know, I don't have any way of evaluating it, but there is some evidence genetically that Omicron transitioned through mice somehow. Okay. And what that likely means is that Omicron was made in a lab quite possibly in a lab in South Africa. Can please, people please stop fucking making viruses I, in labs? I did suggest this to him. He, he's very much on board, but he's not the one in charge, Francis. But basically, what, what people are saying is there are dozens of these labs where these fucking idiots are doing gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function research being you take a virus, you play around with it until a virus that only affects bats suddenly can infect humans now. That's good. Right. So... Uh, to suggest that this is over or we are about to live in a post-COVID world is, a, I think, a possible scenario. But I think another scenario is that there are other variants that leak out of other labs uh, or other variants that develop naturally through mutation. Uh, and there's, <coughs> it's true that over time, generally, the trend tends to be that viruses become more contagious and less lethal. But it doesn't have to. There's no, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. It could be contagious and lethal for a bit before he kills off everyone he's, he's going to kill off and then be replaced. So that's my one reason that I would still consider getting vaccinated because you saw it with people who were able to get the third jab and it topped up their immunity. With natural immunity, you can't do that. So I don't think we're, we're out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I take your point, but what I mean by post-COVID is, is inaccurate. But what we need to do is we need to accept that this thing is here to stay. This idea that we're going to eradicate it, this idea that it's it's not going to become, you know, endemic, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. We are going to have to accept it. We're going to have to live with it. We need better technology in order to deal with it. You and I have spoken about this many times. I have no problem with having some kind of breathalyzer 
type test that you you do if you want to go into a restaurant or a bar or you know yeah. breathe into it. If that stops someone from getting hospitalized, yeah, and I've got no problem at all. No, me neither. You know, well, it should be. They should. What they need to do is develop some kind of test where you just spit in the test tube and it's literally lights up red or yeah. green or something. Yeah, that's it. And if that was accurate and if that was readily available and it was cheap and you could mass produce it, I've got no problem doing that. I, I I'm against the authoritarianism, but to me, checking whether you have a disease. Yeah. I don't like. I saw some people going, "Oh, GB News are now uh, testing people before before putting them on the set." I'm not doing that. I was like, "Why? Why wouldn't you make sure that you're not going to infect other people?" Because, as we know from our own experience, asymptomatic transition transmission is possible. No one at that party had COVID visibly. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> pretty much everyone except Anton got infected. Which means he was Anton all along. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so that's what we need to do. We need to have better technology. We need to, and it, it's just going to become a factor in our lives. Well, they, while we were ill, actually, they approved uh, monoclonal antibodies, which we've known for a long time, prevent you from getting ill if you take it in the first couple of days. The reason that they only give it to super vulnerable people in the UK is it's expensive. Uh, it's like $2,000 for one I think Rogan took it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Rogan took it and he didn't get ill. Dana White the same. I would have taken it if we had access to it in the UK. We just don't have access to it. If we'd taken that, we wouldn't have got ill. Yeah. Almost certainly. Uh, they've also just approved a couple of antiviral drugs that can be taken as a cocktail to, again, prevent serious illness. But again, they're only giving it to the vulnerable. Again, because it's expensive. Um, this is, I think, one of the reasons that they're pushing the vaccine so hard is they claim it's cheaper. I don't know whether it's true, by the way. There's a lot of a lot of questions about that, but apparently it's cheaper. So that would make sense. If yeah. you can prevent people from getting ill with a cheaper thing, it's better than <clears throat> from a financial perspective anyway. Uh, so new drugs are coming out, new treatments are going to come out. And this is really maybe how the answer is going to be. Sure, everyone's going to get it, but almost no one's going to die from it because we have ways of treating it. I hope that's the path that it ends up being. Because, look, the reality is, people talk about the unvaccinated or whatever. The overwhelming majority of people who are currently unvaccinated are going to stay unvaccinated. That's the reality. You're not going to change those people's minds. And you're certainly not going to change those people's minds. Did you see that, um, that press release from the United States government? about saying that, you know, the people who are vaccinated, you will be fine and blah, blah, blah. The unvaccinated, you will have a rough time. <coughs> no, it's not a rough time. They yeah. said this, this new year will be a year of sickness and death. Yeah, 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 whatever, something horrible. And you, and you just look at that and you go, how is that going to win hearts and minds? Well, it's not. Tony how Blair calling people stupid and selfish for not getting vaccinated. Well, they're not stupid. They've got a different opinion. Now, yeah. you may disagree with it, like we disagreed with you invading Iraq, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but it doesn't mean that they're stupid, right? And uh, Austria is fining unvaccinated people. All of this... And I, Greece, apparently. I abhor completely. I mean, it's, it's, it's wrong. And this, the point that, you know, Carissa Valise made, if you remember when we had her on the show, and it's a point I reinforce in my book, is... You don't know how technology will be used. 
later down the line. The Dutch had a very good system of statistics. They had a, a guy called Lenz who was one of the pioneers of statistics and he wanted to build a system that followed people from cradle to grave. And in his census, there were a lot of questions and there was data collection about um, your religious affiliation, but also your ancestry and things like where your grandparents lived. Now, in contrast, in France, they had made a decision um, since 1872, not to collect that kind of data for privacy reasons. And so when the Nazis arrived to France and asked, you know, where are the Jews? Uh, they said, you know, we have no idea how many Jews we have, let alone where they live. So good luck with that. And the Nazis had to depend on either Jewish people um, turning themselves in or having neighbors, neighbors t turn them in, which was very inefficient. And the result is that in the Netherlands, the Nazis found and killed 73% of the Jewish population. And in France, 25% of the Jewish population. And the difference is hundreds of thousands of people. So creating vaccine passport databases and all of that stuff, you have no idea how that's going to be used. That's why those lines must never be crossed. But I don't mind spitting in a test tube that just gets thrown in the bin without being attached to my name before I enter a large venue. I've got no problem with that. In but fact, while you're in the middle of this, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I wish, you know, if we, if we had something very simple, very cheap, very easy to use at our live show, great. Yeah. If we could do that with our guests to make and with ourselves to make sure that we're not passing. We've got people coming in here in their 80s. I don't want to give COVID to someone in their 80s. They could die. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and then, you know, we had people saying, you know, there was a couple of people going, oh, do you, do you agree with, you know, people taking my temperature before I go into a venue? And I was like, yes. Yeah, we do agree. <laughs> I, I don't know how effective... Te checking your temperature is you could still have COVID. You could and still not have, have COVID, so but you I, might have. But that's why I'm saying you need good tests, not yeah. testing people's temperature. But also, as well, if you've got a fever, you shouldn't be around people anyway. I agree. Well, I mean, but but you've got to remember, Francis. It's like you had you were not feeling well, yeah. and you went to a comedy show yeah. with eighty other people in yeah. a tiny comedy yeah. club because. People make mistakes. People think they don't have COVID. Yeah. They don't think they have COVID because they don't want to think yeah. that they have COVID. Human beings are not yeah. necessarily entirely consistent and logical, even with their own beliefs. Agreed. But if I went to the venue and they took your temperature, go, look, your fever, you've got your temperature's a bit high. We're not letting you in. I would, I would, I would yeah. accept that. Yeah. I would accept that and be like, well, that's absolutely fine. You know, I just, I don't think, I think the way that the, Germany, New Zealand, Australia, Austria, Austria <laughs> Italy, Italy, France, France. It's basically everyone. Yeah, <laughs> everybody. Exactly. Not only Canada. Yeah. Not only <laughs> you know the authoritarian. It's dangerous. It's what we're doing is we're playing with things that we should not be playing no. with, and especially You're go blind. yeah. When you play with things, you shouldn't. Yeah, play. exactly. Come yeah. on, mate. Yeah. Yeah, that's the COVID, it, it, particularly with, when it concerns Western liberal democracies. But also it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's discriminatory for no good reason. Vaccine passports are moronic because they don't prove that you don't have COVID. Yeah. Vaccinated people can pass it on. They can catch it. Testing, checking whether someone is vaccinated isn't ensuring that people are safe. So if while there's a super contagious variant like Omicron, we, we have a test where you just go green in. Yeah. Great, great. To me, that makes sense. I've got absolutely no problem with that. All this other authoritarian shit can get in the bin. But it's also as well as they're bringing in authoritarianism through the back door. Like my friend went to New York, went to a conference, 
took her temperature, she was fine. And then they scanned her face. Yeah. And she was like, well, hang on a second. They were like, oh, don't worry about it, madam. You can go through it. She went, no, why are you scanning my face? Yeah. You've just taken my data. Yeah. What, what's going to happen to that data? Absolutely. It's going to get then sold on. So just and for those people who are worried about it, it's like Carissa Willis said. Yeah. They could scan your face. 20 years' time, you want to have life insurance, or, or, and they'll go, well, unfortunately, you've got a genetic predisposition, I don't know, to MS. Yeah. Therefore, we can't, we can't give you the life insurance. So, well, how do you know that? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So all of those doors that are being opened, and I'm glad to see people that we respect tremendously, like Jordan Peterson yeah. and Douglas Murray, who, who I believe, are, I don't know about Douglas, I suspect he's vaccinated, I don't know, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I haven't asked him, and I don't think he's talked about it publicly, but let's assume that he is, Jordan is, uh, I think, double vaccinated. And he, he, I think there was even a point where Jordan said to people, just get the damn jab yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and let's get back to normal. But we can all see now that the promises that we were made about people taking the vaccine means freedom. Well, these things don't seem to be that correlated. Mm. Uh, if you look on the continent where people are getting vaccinated, just like in the UK, not quite at the same levels, they're, they're, they're having all of these, the, all of this authoritarianism. And I think we're really in a dangerous place. Uh, and just, and I think there will be people who, who, who are thinking, oh, you had COVID badly, ha, ha, ha. Well, it doesn't change my opinion of any of this other stuff. It doesn't at all, yeah. you know? Uh, and you got to remember as well, like, sure, you can force people to do things you don't want to do, and then you, you and I might not have got ill or whatever, not got ill badly. But what about all the people who are suffering as a result of all these measures? Medically, physically, mentally, financially, in every way. Hmm. What, me not getting ill for a couple of weeks, is that worth it? I don't personally feel entitled to ruin other people's lives so that I don't have a bad flu for a couple of weeks. I don't. And it's also as well, you look at some of these, you know, some of the measures that are brought in by these European countries, they're anti-scientific. Italy demanding you wear masks outside. When the science says that your, your risk of contracting COVID outside are minimal. 0, 0.0, so masks aren't going to do anything. Yet they insist. Well, most masks don't work. Yeah, exactly. They, no matter how badly I had COVID, I still am able to understand the data. Yeah. Most of the cloth masks that people wear don't work. They said this. There's this crazy woman on CNN called Liana Wen, yeah. who's always like more, more vaccine, more lockdown, yeah, yeah. more everything. She came out and said it while we were ill yeah. on on CNN that masks, cloth masks, don't stop COVID. Cloth masks are not appropriate for this pandemic. It was, it's not appropriate for Omicron. It was not appropriate for Delta, Alpha, or any of the previous variants either because we're dealing with something that's airborne. Cloth masks don't stop COVID, right? And I've been saying this for a long time. They don't. Now, there are some masks that do help, N95 masks. Yeah. They do work to reduce you transmitting it to other people, but also to, slightly to reduce you the risk of you catching it. So people need to understand the nuances of things. And, and like I said, you and I were cavalier about not understanding certain things, not doing the research. And I think a lot of people on all sides of the argument are doing that. You know, <coughs> there are people who think, I, someone messaged me the, the other day, a friend from comedy, uh, who, who, who called me an anti-vaxxer, which I'm not. I've always said vulnerable people should take the vaccine. <coughs> but also said that, when I explained to him that I'm not, and we were having the conversation, he was like, well, 
all the people in hospital are unvaccinated. Well, that's completely not true, right? Now, statistically speaking, the data is suggesting that you're much less likely to be hospitalized if you're vaccinated, and that's true. (coughs) If that's true, great. People should make their own decision about that. But my point is, people on both sides of the argument, they're not doing enough research, and I include myself on this until recently, uh, to understand what they're actually talking about, because we all just want it to be over. And so we all look for a scapegoat. You know, the scapegoat is China, or the scapegoat is the scientist, or the scapegoat is the unvaccinated, or the scapegoat is, you know, the great reset, or whatever. You know, everyone wants to have, like, an explanation of there's a small group of evil people who we can blame on this. Well, pandemics happen. They've always happened throughout history. Usually we blame the Jews. (laughs) Now we've leveled up and we're blaming people who are unvaccinated. People just need to take a step back and realize all of this happens, man. Most people are going to catch it. You're not going to get away from it. Protect yourself as best you can by improving your physical and mental health. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. That's it. Part of the problem as well is before the pandemic, there was this air of, you know, we've kind of conquered nature. (laughs) Yeah. We've conquered nature. You know, we're above nature. Yeah. And as a result of that, there's, there's, we don't have to worry. We use nature for our ends. Well, the pandemic came along and reminded everybody, you ain't in control of shit, mate. Yeah. Well, I remember your dad came around here, didn't yeah. he, the, uh, a few weeks before we got COVID, and we were talking about this, and I said to him, oh, you, you know, no disrespect, but you're older than us, obviously, yeah. uh, and uh, you would have lived through the Hong Kong flu that, that was in the UK. And he was like, oh, yeah, oh, I don't even remember it. But it was... It was, it was a, it, there was a pandemic of an of a airborne virus. But because we didn't feel that we could do as much, people just got on with life. And know? I remember him saying that he took a week off school to look after my grandfather who had it. Yeah. And that's just what you did. You just coped and you got on with it. Right. You manned up. <laughs> <laughs> you man up, you have a lucasade and you walk it off and three weeks later you're just fine. Yeah. Once you've had medical intervention. In your case. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and it, what we need to do is we need, and it's very difficult to say this, we need to take the emotion out of this. We need to take the emotion out of yeah. it. And try and be more rational, more scientific. And the government need to take responsibility. And the media. And the media. And the way they have ramped it up, the way they've politicised it, the way they've used it to, you know, get clicks, sell copy or whatever it may be. that It's it's unforgivable. But also, this is one of the other things that people, you know, we put out <coughs> my the thread that I wrote earlier mm. last year as a video, uh, which has now been censored by YouTube, which have made it age-restricted, even though there's nothing to, inappropriate for people under 18. Apart from it. the bouncing asses at the end when you're in the rap video. Yeah, it's a great video. Go check it out. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that, experts and scientists and particularly governments have done is they've lacked humility and they have chosen the path of certainty in order to persuade people. But what they don't understand is if you say to people, this is 100% true, you must do what I say, and then you're consistently proven to not quite be right about what you say, eventually people are going to tune you out. (laughs) And I think that is what's happened because, you know, they said 
don't wear a mask. Then they said, wear a mask. Then they said, the vaccine is, is this, then it's that. They, they made a lot of claims about things. They said, oh, we just need to give it to the vulnerable. We gave it to the vulnerable. And they were like, no, no, everyone needs to take it, right? <laughs> then they said, I mean, there was a clip of Rachel Maddow, huge in America, saying, if you get the vaccine, you can't pass it on. Well, you can. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. Right? And when you get all of the stuff coming out, it's fine because science, it works that way in that it never knows the exact answer and you're always feeling in the dark for what the actual answer is. But you've got to retain that humility. You've got to say, look, we don't know exactly. Currently, our best estimate is that if you get the vaccine, you're going to be protected. It may be that not everybody is, right? And it's the same. And Peter McCullough, who I have some issues with because right as you and I had COVID for the second time, he was saying you can't catch it and doing it without any humility on Joe Rogan. He, he was quite arrogant about it. At the same time, two weeks later, when it was clear that you can catch Omicron, even if you've got natural immunity, to be fair to him, he came out on Twitter and said so. So that's how it should be. People need to, on both sides, need to take that certainty out of it. You don't know. Even if you're a scientist, you don't know. You just don't know exactly. So you can give people a best estimate, but you can't claim that you know. And then when people don't believe you because you keep getting things wrong, be upset. And it's also as well, there's a lot of scientists, particularly in the UK, who need to take responsibility for the modeling and modeling these huge numbers of people dying. They did it with Omicron, they did it at the start, terrifying people. And then it, it doesn't come to fruition, but we go back to these people again and again, and it, Neil Ferguson. At what point are we just going to say, just shut up? <coughs> well, one of the things that happened while we were ill is that Fraser Nelson of The Spectator had an exchange on Twitter with one of the modelers in which it essentially became clear. There's a very good Spectator article that Fraser wrote about his experience of talking to this guy. It became clear that when they do models, basically, I think the government asks them for the worst possible scenario. Mm. And then they tell them the worst possible scenario without saying, this is actually statistically incredibly unlikely. Here's the most likely scenario, which is much milder. So basically for the last year, two years, it's basically the government have said, what's the worst thing that could happen? And they've gone, everyone's going to die. <laughs> and then we, we have- Everyone's going to die. Lockdown yeah. and restrictions and whatever, because we're operating not on the most likely scenario, but on the worst possible yeah. case. So there's something wrong there. Of course there's something wrong. There's something wrong there because it's not just the impact on the government. It's, just, it's the impact on ordinary people's lives. Yeah. Where there are, there are people who are more neurotic, they're more anxious, they're more risk averse, and you're terrifying them. Yeah. And you're terrifying these people. And it's just not the effect it's having on their lives. It's the effect it's having on their relationships. It's the effect it's having on businesses. People not going to coffee shops, restaurants, not going here, not going there. This is having a huge effect, and we're not talking about it. Yeah. The fact is, I can't remember now what, what the stat is, tens of thousands of kids are no longer on the school roll. Yeah, we don't know what's happened to them. We just, we don't know. Yeah. 
What effect is that going to have 10, 20 years down the line? Well, what effect is that going to have now? What's happened to them? They no. could have been killed by by uh, uh, someone in their home or whatever. Yeah. We just don't know. We don't know. Right? These kids have literally disappeared off the roll. So to me, that's pretty bad. Here's, here's a, an unpleasant stat. If you go into secondary school being behind your peers, yeah. the statistic is that you're never going to you're never going to catch up. Yeah. That's a stat. It's a famous stat in education. You're just never going to catch Very up. Very unlikely to, yeah. Yeah, highly unlikely to. But we have now a generation of children. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all stupid now, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, mate. Well, listen, mate, speaking of COVID and, you know, our recovery, I'm, you know, I'm really enjoying being back to work. As you can see, I've got a bit of a lingering cough. I'm not infectious for people who are worried about me coughing and whatever. But... Um, you know, we've done an hour and I do feel like my energy levels are not certainly not what they used to be mm. in terms of yeah. doing this. So I think we'll wrap it up here. We'll do a few yeah. questions for locals. Perfect. Uh, and if people have got a bunch of questions, we'll maybe do a follow-up conversation depending on whether people find this interesting or not. But in the meantime, thank you for watching. Uh, join our locals if you want to see the questions that people have asked and our answers. And we'll see you very soon with normal episodes uh, uh, that will be coming out soon. See, my brain is not working. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's normal episodes, which are always on a Wednesday and, sun and Sunday, 7 p.m. UK time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, Friday, Saturday and Thursday. See, I got it wrong there. Raw shows again at the same time. And for those of you who like your trigonometry on the go, it's also available as a podcast. Take care and see you soon, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this incredible interview. Remember to subscribe and hit the bell button so that you never miss another fantastic episode. And if you believe that the work we do here at Trigonometry is important, support us by joining our locals community using the link below. Before you go, consider joining our exclusive member feed. As a member, you'll get ad-free and extended interviews. Click the membership link in the podcast description or find the exclusive episodes link on your podcast listening app to join us.